Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast, episode 159, Eric McLean. We had a great time with our ACC under review series. Mac, I can't believe it's over. We <laughs> ran through that. That was so quick. It, it was crazy how fast that flew by. I mean, 14 teams. We did combine a couple, but we just had to do that scheduling-wise. I had so much fun with that and meeting some people that we hadn't you know, really spoken to in person before. Uh, so that was really cool. So, so to be able to do that, hopefully provide you guys with a really cool outlook of your team from Kelly and I's view but also someone that covers your team intentively. Uh, it, it was a ton of fun, KG. But but it's Combine Week, KG, and I am so excited to have the Underwear Olympics. I mean, who doesn't like Woo-hoo! to talk about guys prancing around in tight clothing? Mac, I know you do. I mean, that's what you said <laughs> when we started this podcast. You said, first and foremost, I want to talk about the Underwear Olympics, and I want to do three episodes on it. And I said, okay. I mean, if, if that's the deal breaker, then sure, we can do that, Mac. So I'm I glad we're, we're doing what you wanted. You know, some things are meant to be, you know, partner to partner and not shown to the light of the world. But here <laughs> we are. Everyone knows now that that is my secret. <laughs> <laughs> so as Mac said, we are transitioning from ACC under review to the NFL Combine. We will have three episodes covering the Combine. We'll preview both the offensive and defensive prospects from the ACC. Then next week, we'll go through all the results break down everything that happened with ESPN NFL analyst Jordan Reed. But Mac, today we have a guest that we have been trying to get on for a while. We would have loved to have him last year. He had some injuries, so we we didn't get to have him on. But he was a great interview. Gave us a lot of insight. Mac, who are we talking to today? That's right, KG. To help us break down the offensive side of the NFL Combine, we have former Miami isn't it weird to say former? Like, these guys just stopped playing. I know. And I have to remind myself that we have to put that little extra word in there. Former Miami star quarterback, De'Eric King, the unquestioned leadership abilities, rocket launcher of an arm, very effective uh, as a runner with his legs. There's no question that King is going to light up this combine, KG. Really excited uh, for folks to hear him. Over 11,000 all-purpose yards, 112 total touchdowns in his college career, as productive as they come, we really enjoyed this conversation with Derek King. Let's get to it. Derek King, my man, welcome into the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, we, we have a bunch to jump into, man. But really, I, I want to get started where I'm sure a lot of your fans, a lot of scouts, I'm sure you've been asked this question a hundred million times. I'm sorry I'm the, the next one to do it, but want to just ask your injury and, and how the recovery process has been and how are you feeling right now physically? Yeah, it's been good. So um, I got you know clear to throw um, like the first week of January. So I've been throwing ever since then. And, you know, I'm on the back end of getting clear for, you know, contact and everything. So uh, it feels pretty good right now. Uh, just working through the kinks, you know, getting getting rehab, still doing rehab every day and getting treatment. So uh, I feel fine. I have to imagine, Derek, that NFL combine training is a little different than stuff that you've done before. So where are you training and what is it like? Like, what are, are anything, are any drills specifically different? Like, just walk us through what it's been like. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually training uh, in Atlanta at a facility called ADAPT. Um, I'm doing a little bit of everything because, 
you know, with quarterback receiver and also getting ready for the combine and pro day and all that. So um, it's been good. You know, a lot of the things at the combine and in pro day, like the 5 to 5 with L. Drew and all the 40, um, it's all technique. Um, if you got good technique, you can, you can have a, good, a pretty good time if, if you're, you know, athletic. So um, just working on my technique, um, trying to get all the little small details down so I can, you know, get my best performance. Did you, okay, hold on. Did you say receiver as well? Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of receiver stuff, um, a little bit of the Shrine Bowl, and I'm, I'm also going to do a little bit of receiver to come by as well. Nice. I love that, man. And we, we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, before we started recording here, that God, you just got to get there. It doesn't matter how. Yeah. If you're an option at, at something, if you're an option at quarterback, receiver, the guy yeah. at either one of them, you just have to make a roster and get that money. So that's really cool to, to hear that you're open to that. Obviously, you had success doing that uh, at Houston before you got to Miami. Um, so, so are there plans to do that at the combine? Are you going to do quarterback drills and receiver drills? What is what does that kind of look like? And I guess is there anything else that you maybe don't plan on doing at the combine? Yeah, so um, I know at the combine for sure. I'm in group two with the quarterback, so I'll throw 100 all quarterback drills, and then. When group three quarterbacks come out, I'll probably stay and do receiver work with that group. Um, so I'm trying to just do show, you know, show people and do whatever I can to you know, show uh, improve in value in myself. Um, if I'm a guy that can do you know multiple positions and you know take away a roster spot, um, I think that's important. Um, so I'm trying to show everything I can do, and I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm not going to do at the at the combine yet. I'm still you know talking with my my trainer, my agent. Um, you know, I might say you know the 40 and and all that stuff. Uh, for pro day, just because I'll have to do so much as far as quarterback right. receiver. You know, right. I want to you know, save my legs and you know, get my best uh, performance I can give. So if it makes sense to, to do everything, I will. But if it doesn't, I'll probably wait to do some stuff in pro day. The uh, the turf at Coral Gables is a little bit better than an Indy, too. So I think that's a smart decision, <laughs> trying to be as fast yeah. as you can. I don't know why we still do that thing at Indy, to be honest. Yeah. When, when you see the, the times and then you go to pro days and everything is so much better. Tell me about your mindset with you know, just wanting to do the multiple positions and, and wanting to be as attractive as you can be. How did that come about? Did someone ask you? Did you propose it? What, what did that decision really look like? Yeah, so, you know, it was it was difficult. You know, I played quarterback my whole life, right? Uh, I played receiver a little bit at Houston my freshman year, um, but, you know, deep down inside my heart, I'm a quarterback. Um, but at this point in my career, I just love football so much and I want to, you know, play for as long as I can. So, um, I met with, you know, most NFL teams at the at the Shrine Bowl that I went to. And, you know, my agents talked to a bunch of different teams and general managers and all that. So, um, you know, I was advised to to just do whatever I can, whether it's kick return, catch punch, receivers, you know, go down special teams, like quarterback, um, just do everything I can to, to show value. Because nowadays the league is going so much, you know, having the guys that can do multiple things. And it's, it's harder for defenses to, to adjust and to stop the guys. So, I'm trying to show people that I'm, I'm, I'm dynamic, you know, regardless of my injuries. And, you know, I played football a long time in, in college, and I'm still that same guy. Well, I just want to say this. I don't think there's any question that you can play quarterback at the next level. Your decision-making ability, how quickly you can read defenses, and, and the arm strength, it, it's all there. So I love that you're doing the multiple things, but, you know, I, I hope nobody's telling you, oh, you know, Derek can't do this, He can't because you can 100%. But uh, that, that's really cool that you're doing those other things as well. Yeah. Football player. I think that's what we could, you know, put next to your bio there, Derek. And, you know, you mentioned that in the league, we're getting some guys that are a little more versatile. You think of someone like a Taysom Hill or even, you know, Debo Samuel kind of playing running back, but also receiver for the Niners. Are there any other guys that stand out to you in the league where you think, okay, maybe I can do something similar to what they're doing? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I look at you know the smaller guys that that play slot in the NFL. Um, you know, real savvy guys. Um, obviously Cooper Cup is an amazing receiver, but he's he's super super smart. You know, guys like Edelman that play quarterback in college that you know, has success at the Patriots and and Madola, guys like that that can you know work the middle of the field, find zones, um, make big plays. It's be tough. Um, uh, that's what that's what I want to be. Um, uh, obviously, like I said, if I get that opportunity to play quarterback, that'll be my first choice. But at the end of the day. Um, I know I'm a playmaker. I know I can, you know, do good things with the ball in my hands. So I'm just trying to, you know, show people that I can, I can do a little bit of everything. That, that goes right into my first next question. That, that's fantastic. Really what at this combine and, and at your pro day and any meetings and things and interactions that you have, you know, with these NFL scouts, GMs, coaches, you know, really, really what do you want them to see? Okay, when, when they think Derek King, when they see Derek King, you know, what do you want them to visualize and, and think? Yeah, so I had a lot of good meetings already uh, from my, from my from the the Shrine Bowl that I went to, um, and I think you know when we start talking about ball, obviously they talk about your personal life and everything that you've been through and all that and all that's good stuff. But when we start talking about ball, I'm going to show people that you know I know the ins and outs of football, I know everything about the game. Uh, when they ask me certain questions about you know coverages or this play, what do we do in Miami? What do we do in Houston? Uh, I want to explain it in you know full full detail to show guys that that I know what I'm talking about. Um, and also, I just want to show guys that you know that I'm I'm very very tough. You know, I can I'm a football player, um, and I can you know do multiple things and and make the right play at quarterback, and also you know be a value at another position if, if they want me to go there. So that's what I try to show guys in my interviews and my meetings. Yeah, well said, Derek. Well said. Okay, you brought up Miami. How did Miami prepare you for this moment for the next level? Yeah, I think just going to Miami, so many guys that you know have aspirations to play at next level. Um, every day is a competition. Um, you have, you know, guys behind you and third string guys and, you know, guys in some workout that you're competing with that, you know, they have dreams and aspirations to play in the NFL. And most of the guys will, will get the opportunity to do that. So I think going there, you know, practicing on Green Tree um, every day, regardless of, you know, the, the outcome. But, you know, we competed every day. And, uh, you know, the practice field was like another <laughs> another thing that I have experienced in my career. Um, just going against, you know, good on good, first team defense and, you know, the things that coaches put us through. Um, I think that prepared for this moment, and I don't think anything could could be a comparison to that as far as you know the, the process. So I feel like I'm very prepared, very ready for it. Yeah, I tell you this: when whenever you know Monday through Friday is tougher than Saturday, you're in a you're in a good spot. And when you're yes, put in those adverse situations, and and that makes Saturday so much easier. And I know that's the way that you know y- y'all got after it at Miami. And you talk about those second and third string guys, and really being pushed and and creating you know a culture of next man up mentality. You were able to see Tyler Van Dyke for almost two years. And up close and personal, his habits, his practice, the way he met. Were you surprised at all by the success that he had this season? No, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, Like I said, I've been with Tyler two years. Um, You know, everything I I did when I was in Miami, he was always with me. Um, I tried to make sure that uh, he's a great guy. He worked extremely hard. I know this past summer and spring when I was out, he he stepped up. He worked super, super hard, gained respect to the guys on the team. Um, so, you know, when he, when he got in there uh, after the first, you know, first couple of games, he, he took off and I fully expected that. Um, he's a super, super, super talented. I had a big arm, super, super smart, can make plays with his legs. So um, I'm so happy um, everything's working out for him right now. That's awesome, Derek. And so I'm curious, too, you know, going into ACC play this coming year, I read an article, I sent it to Mac yesterday, and uh, someone had, I forget who it was, but they're ranking the quarterbacks going into next year. And they had Sam Hartman, number one. Now, we love Sam Hartman. We've had him on the show. Great guy. Great quarterback. TVD was not number one. In in your mind, would should TVD be number one, best quarterback in the ACC heading into 22? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, I think what he what he's proven over the last you know six games that we had, um, he, he can do everything. Um, I think he should. I think he should be number one quarterback in, in the conference. Um, I think he'll he'll prove it this year. Good thing about those things is that you no, know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so um, I think he's going to prove that he's, that he's the best quarterback in the conference. So I'm ready to see it. You have to go play. You have to go make plays and do it on the field, and and that's what's yeah. so fun. It, it gives everybody something to talk about preseason. Uh, but then yeah. when October comes around. Those lists, uh, they start to change a little bit, and we find out yeah. who the dogs are. Uh, I thought one thing that was really cool, and and you know, just it's always fun to see when guys do this. But TVD always gave you know you credit when folks would ask about his development, and, and just say that he was very open with me, that he would walk me through things, that he would. Ha- I mean, he helped. And and some guys, you know, when you're QB one, it's like okay, I'm worrying about myself, and that's it. And I don't think yeah. that you had that mentality at all. What do you expect to see from him going into this, you know, second year, I guess now first year as a full-time starter, you know, where do you expect to see growth? Is it progressions? Is it physical tools? Where can he take his game to the next level? I definitely think it's, it's progressions, right? So I think, you know, um, when you're coming in for a guy, you're the back of quarterback. I think sometimes you just go out there and play, you know, like whatever happens, happens. And I think towards later this past season, you know, he started, you know, he always prepared the right way as far as working hard, but like mentally preparing the right way. I think that really helps his game. Uh, you know, it, it's so easy. Like I said, I played college football for a long time, and it's so easy when you go out there and you already know everything you want to see. And I think when once he, when he got to that point, um, you know, the pick game or the NC State game, it, it kind of it got easy for him. You know, um, if you go out there fully prepared throughout the week, you know, you spend extra time with the coaches, um, you go over every single possibility that, that you can see in the game. Uh, I think that's that's when the next step grows. Well, next step happens. I think that's what he's going to do um, this next season. Okay, you you've mentioned a few times, Derek, that you played college football for a long time. You did. Yeah. You you were there. Um, and I'm glad personally that you finally you got to take advantage of NIL when it happened. And yeah. we've asked a few guys who've done NIL kind of tell our listeners what it's like. So for you, I remember you had a few deals right off the bat, July 1st when it hit, and you did quite a few things throughout the season. What was that process like for you? How did NIL come to be specifically for you during your last year at Miami? Yeah, I think it was I think it was great. Um, you know, for me, I had two really good guys on my team that helped me through everything. Um, so I didn't didn't have to do much as far as you know hit a button on my on my Twitter on my Instagram. So um, that, I think that was good, and I think you know a lot of guys you know need people that that's on their team that can help them through the process because you don't want to be you know dealing with that and worry about it during the season. And I made sure, you know, football is my number one priority um, throughout the whole NIL. So for me, uh, it was good. And also, I tell people um, all the time that, you know, when you play playing college football, college sports in general, it's hard for you to go out, go out there and get an internship or get a job or, you know, do other stuff during your career. And a lot of guys wait to after they get done playing to even you know, get their first job. And I think it's teaching us so much about business and how to talk to people, how to meet with people, how to market yourself and you know how to um, show yourself on social media to, to get the best business. And I think that taught me a lot. Uh, it gave me a head start to, to when I get in the real world, which is now. Very well said. Okay, I'm, I'm curious what you think, Derek, as someone who's been around college programs and, and obviously done a lot with NIL. All the controversy lately with the idea of NIL possibly being involved in recruiting and all that, yep. do you think there's a way we can regulate it? Do you think it's going to be an issue with recruiting? What are your thoughts there? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I know what I'm saying now. Um, yeah, I mean, I I can't really you know speak on it. Like I'm not going through the recruiting process, but if it if it is a way to you know regulate it and, and still make it fair for everybody, you know, and it doesn't put a cap on how much money somebody can make, 
um, you know, maybe that'd be a good thing, but I, I think it'd be, you know, a lot of, you know, hoops you got to go through to, to get that done as far as regulating. Cause you never know what, what, what teams are doing with, you know, with, with recruiting and, you know, I give you this much, it's X amount of dollars because of this school, which, you know, it shouldn't be like that, but, um, I, I'm all, I'm all for the players. So if it's if it's right for the players, then you know, I'm I'm all for it. That's right. That's right. I, I think controlled chaos is is where we need to get to. Uh, yeah. Wild Wild West is it's a little interesting to see <laughs> and rumors like we don't know what's true, what's not true uh, yeah. at different places and and how they got things done. I want to ask you this, and and not to get all up in your business, but normally when guys are done playing, that's when okay, I, I sign all these lucrative marketing deals and and things of that nature. Have you kind of continued yours throughout this process or, or did you kind of, okay, season's over. We're starting clean. Here's, here's a new clientele. What was that kind of like for you once you were done playing? Yeah. So for me, I made sure, you know, when I was in Miami, I did deals that, that made sense. Right. So I didn't want to do a deal that's going to end in three, four months, but the season's over with. So all the companies that, that I signed in, I owed, and I owe deal with, I'm still working with. And I always, and I never took, you know, all my money up front. So I, I was getting, you know, money, every month for X amount of time, right? So I'm still making you know, money off those deals that, that I did. And also now it's, it's new deals on the table. So uh, we had, you know, me and my marketing team, we had ideas to, you know, maybe hold off and just do this after season. So I'm I'm doing all that now, you know, going through the process, all the card signings that, that you see typically, yep. you know, from guys going to the, to the next level, doing all that. Um, you know, I might see a documentary coming out about the NIO thing, you know, on a on a major network. So ooh, um ooh. that's in the play. Might be might be a book coming out. Um it's a okay. lot of things going to Yeah. Big time. Yeah, it's it's I mean a lot of people are interested in NIO and you know, my experience, I was one of the you know the first guys to, yeah. to really take advantage of it. So um there's some stuff on the table that, that should be coming out. So Kelly, okay. this this is what I, I just heard is I'm not a businessman. I am a business man. Exactly. I love that. that I love that. That's big. And it's so savvy. Everything you just mentioned about, you know, getting internships and, and getting work experience. I mean, this has to have been unbelievable for you to, to understand, number one, how to market yourself, how to manage because you're a business, how to manage a business, pay taxes, supplement your pay. I mean, that was what you just said was genius about how, you know, I want this thing monthly. I don't, I don't want it all a lump sum right now because, you know, I just reflect back at my time at Clemson where, that's how we used to get paid for, for different, you know, stipends or, or pale grant or, or things of that nature. And yeah. I said, Hey, why don't we spread this out? Like it's a job, like this is what it is. And let's get these monthly installments. That way guys can't just spend it all at once. So man, that's yeah. tremendous to hear that, that you had that business savvy already. I know that's going to carry you very far in life. As we wrap up here, thank you so much for your time. I want to ask you about Miami specifically in 22 are they winning the Coastal and or are they winning the ACC championship? Yeah, I think both. You know, I think we have a really good team coming back, um, a really you know, great coaching staff. You know, I think I think it's you know, a, a good thing that, you know, Miami is finally investing into the program. Yes. Right? Um, a lot of people don't know, you know the things that, we, that we've been through. I'm not saying we had it terrible. We had it good. You know, we still had everything that we needed. But now, you know, you got the, you know, one of the highest salary accounts for assistant coaches. You know, you got – the best nutrition. We got catered food. Every day. It's just a, a different direction to them when I was there. So uh, I'm so excited to see where the program is going to go. Um, you know, having you know former coordinators and head coaches on every position coaches is it's really ridiculous, right? So I think you know to to get the best out of the players, you got to invest in the players. And I think I finally think Miami is just doing that with the coaching staff and facilities and, and nutrition and you know, training room and everything. So I'm excited to see where it goes. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Derek, thank you so much for your time. Good luck in the NFL Combine. We are more than pulling for you, my man. Excited to see what the future holds.
Sure, thanks for having me. Man, that might have been one of my favorite interviews. De'Eric King, all the insight. I mean, number one, you know, just him peeling back the curtain a little bit to to tell us that he is, you know, exploring options and, and just doing everything that he can throughout this process. If that's catching punts after practice, if it's catching kickoff returns, if it's going through wide receiver drills, I mean, the, the most important thing about this NFL journey is to make it to the NFL. Whatever, However you have to do it, just get there and get on a team. And I certainly think he will be more than capable as a, as a quarterback if that's the route he goes or just as an athlete, as a utility guy. And then to hear all the insights from the Miami side, of course, you know, I love that, KG. He's a football player, first and foremost. That's what Derek King is. And we've seen, and I, I mentioned it in the interview, but we've seen guys, you know, like Taysom Hill. Or we've seen, I know Debo Samuel's not a quarterback, but at times they line him up in the wildcat and just let him go. So if you're a football player and you can make plays, I think there's room for you. And what I loved about Derek King as well is you'll see guys, Mac, and they just have too much pride. They're saying, look, I'm a, I'm a quarterback. I'm not doing anything else. Derek King is not above that. He wants to play football professionally. And I think he's going to find a way to do it because I'm just, I'm a big fan. And I, I really appreciated his insight he gave us too on NIL as one of the the first NIL guys. And yeah. he says there may be a documentary coming out wait. about it. A book. He's I mean, this definitely guy, left his mark. He's doing it all. He's doing it all. Yep. So it, it's going to be really fun to see. And, you know, as we're talking, let's talk quarterbacks. You know, obviously he's our first of three here from the ACC that will be participating in the NFL Combine. And let's just kind of look at Derek as, as a prospect and, and what I think he can do for himself at the Combine. He kind of hinted there might be things that he's not going to do. It sounds like he is not going to run a 40, which I think is smart. I don't think anybody should run a 40 because uh, that turf sucks in Indianapolis. Mm. It's so weird. Um, but when, when you look at that, uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what running drills he does do and how he performs, you know, at the wide receiver position for the different things that he has, I think kind of right now, just thinking, okay, quarterback with maybe unknown abilities as a utility guy, I'm thinking day three, you know, probably around mm-hmm. the fifth round, somewhere in that aspect. It's great that he went to the shrine bowl to have that interaction with the coaching staffs the thing that we talked about for three or four episodes of the Senior Bowl and the cool things that that provides. Just really his ability to create KG as a quarterback when things break down. That, that's where, at the top of my mind, when I think Derek King and I think his best attribute, if if it's chaos, can scramble, can get out of there, but he's not just running away. He's not just, you know, Harry High School, the fastest, strongest dude going away from everybody. He's extending the play, does a great job keeping his eyes downfield and can pick up the, the big-time play, maybe even a touchdown. Um, I think his size is going to be a question mark just because yeah. he is a little bit shorter. It says 5'10". You know, hopefully he's 5'10". Um, and, 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 you know, just the fact that, you know, who's going to take a chance and who's going to want to put him in this utility position, it's certainly about fit. I do not think this is a plug-and-play situation for, you know, any given team. But, you know, it, it's going to be really fun. If someone can be creative and someone can be – out-of-the-box thinking, I think Deere can have a nice long career. It's going to be about fit for sure, and, and we'll see if a team takes a chance. I think they should take a chance on him, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, especially a team that's established and knows what they want to do, perhaps take a chance and, and see what he can do. Obviously, size will be an issue, but we'll see how he tests, Mac, how he tests doing these wide receiver drills. He, he told us he's going to throw at the quarterbacks, but he's also going to go through wide receiver drills. 
So if he can really impress in that area, it, people want versatility. Yeah. You know, you can only have so many guys on your roster. That's so right. I think that will help him. <laughs> only 53. And if you can have a guy that can be a backup quarterback, a kick returner, uh, and a, a you know, position positionless offensive weapon, man, let's get him. Sign me up. I mean, if he can grasp an offense, sign him up. Go make plays. That's what it's all about. And he's such a veteran guy, too. You know the maturity is there. I mean, you heard it on our on our interview. He, he's been around the block. He's played some football. And then speaking of veteran guys, Mac, we've got Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett as well in this ACC discussion, these guys that are going to the Combine. We talked so much about these guys at the Senior Bowl, and we really know their pros and cons. I, I'm very excited to see which guy goes first. And what do you think, Mac, specifically at the Combine – what can each of these guys do to help themselves? I know Kenny Pickett hand size. Oh my God, how big are his hands? He has <laughs> he has some sort of double jointed thumb. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Hand size will will come up in his evaluation. But overall, how do you think they can separate themselves? Yeah, well, I want to kind of address something real quick because you had made the comment which guy's going to go first. And if this was a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, you're crazy. That's not even a, a debate. But I mm-hmm. will say this. I have seen things with Sam Howell in the top 10. I have seen yes. big-time trusted publications that have Sam Howell as QB1. And it is going to be fascinating to see which guy ends up on top for all these quarterbacks, not just our two you know, that are, are projected in the first round from the ACC and Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett, but all quarterbacks, Malik Willis, it, does he going to have something to say? Matt Corral, it's going to be fascinating to say the least, KG. But when I look at this and I look at the quarterback position, the one thing for both of these guys is obviously they had the Senior Bowl week, and that's a little bit unique for us in the fact that we had two of these prospects that are kind of battling it out that are at both events. For some situations, you have guys that either do one or the other, right? They're either going to the combine or they're going to the senior bowl. It's rare for both to do both. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you look at that, it's just the 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 adverse situations. It's okay, we're going to keep you up all night doing medical evaluations and meetings and then go see how you perform. I, I think that really is the case for a guy that you think is going to lead the franchise because at the end of the day to, you know, evaluate somebody on how they connect with the wide receivers that they had three hours to work with. Like it's not super realistic. So if timing is off or accuracy, you know, it's not that biggest of a thing. I think Sam, if he runs the 40, that'll be kind of eye opening because the numbers were already there. And same thing for Kenny. I think if each of those guys run a four, eight or less, I mean, there's going to be a lot of kind of question marks answered there. So in regards to what can either do to separate themselves, honestly, I think it's just those in-person meetings, how they interview, how they interact with the GMs and scouts. I agree, Mac. And you're right. We're starting to see Sam Howell rise up a little bit. We also, it came out today that Matt Corral is not going to the combine. He's still dealing with that ankle injury from bowl season. So, you know, and Matt Corral, I I think he'll do a pro day. We'll see. But maybe that opens up a little more for Pickett and Howell. Right. And right now, because this QB class is is viewed by we or viewed by most as weak, there's a lot of room for upward mobility. You don't have a Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the number one guy, or Kyler Murray, or whatever it was. You have a chance, and so I think every little thing matters. And so you might think, okay, well, forty yard dash doesn't really matter, or the Wonderlick test, or you know, how they impress these different guys in interviews. But I think it really does because there's not much separating 
a lot of these quarterbacks. I, I completely agree with you. So the, the margin of error is extremely slim. Like you said, there is no surefire lock. There is no guy that, man, we, we got to get him. We, we have to get this guy, and he's going to change our you know, kind of franchise around. I think that all of these guys who are mentioned in the first round, and that might be four, it might be five, who knows, are guys that people anticipate maybe take some time and maybe need some time. And, and man, if they can just get behind a veteran and learn, look out. You know, who knows what that's going to look like. So really excited. I'm still hanging with my guy, KP. I, I think that he's going to be, you know, the first quarterback taken. I think it's going to be in the top 10. And I think we might see a couple go in the top 10 just because it's it's the position. It's, it's overdrafted. It's quarterbacks. It's what people do. So it's going to be really fun to see who ends up being the first guy. It's what we do. That's right. it, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, let's talk running backs, a position that has been devalued, right? But I do think there's a lot of room for guys to get in there and have a good, solid career in the NFL. We've got three ACC running backs to talk about. And the main one, the guy that I, I think we are most excited about, Mac, is Ty Chandler from North Carolina. And he went to the Shrine Bowl. He looked really good. At their Shrine Bowl, I was reading some stuff, Mac, where he looked good catching the ball out of the backfield, which we know you need to be able to do that these days at the running back position. So what do you like about Ty Chandler, and and what do you think he needs to do at the Combine? Yeah, really, the the versatility of of Chandler, I think, is something that really showed up in flashes, uh, but maybe at the next level takes a a bigger step. And maybe it has to for him to be uber successful and, and be able to have a nice long career He's a durable guy. He he demonstrated, you know, great vision throughout his career. Even back at Tennessee, he he's a guy that man. Once he found the hole, he's hitting it and he's making a cut and he has great footwork and and getting great yards for you. I think the other thing that that is super valuable at the next level, like some guys in college, you know, it is what it is. But in the NFL, if you don't pass protect and you don't protect your mm-hmm. quarterback, you're not playing. And Ty showed more often than not that he is not afraid to put his nose up in there to protect the QB. And I think the key for him in, in regards to you know how far can he rise, I kind of have him around that fourth round, fifth round. You know, how fast is he going to run? How high is he going to jump? And, and those numbers, you know, it matters for the, these positions in particular. Like if he goes out there, runs a four, 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 three, I mean, look out. Who knows? Maybe he rises faster than that just because of you know his pedigree. If not, you know, he could fall anywhere. So this is going to be a solid group of running backs. Um, not just the ACC, but in general. So it, it's going to be tough. I think there's a lot of great value here for these guys. Really, the second guy in the ACC that I'm really excited to see is Bam Knight. And, and you talk about versatility. I mean, this guy is a weapon on special teams. We saw him take it to the house time and time again at NC State to really be able to just do some unique things for them. And of course, in the passing game, I had him you know, really as my first running back in the preseason and there was a little bit of production that dipped and and still yeah. you know a solid year but NC State decided they were going to throw the ball a lot and so when you well, look at Matt, him he had to suffer that. a little bit they decided to throw the ball and you had Big Icky and Bam Knight right and they still couldn't <laughs> run it it was very puzzling it was it was strange and i don't know if that scheme i don't know if it, they just right. couldn't figure it out you know at the end of the day but he's a fun running back and it's going to be really exciting to see him you know dominate the combine I like Bam Knight. I do think there are probably some questions about the dip in in productivity this year. So if he can go and impress in some of these drills, that will be big for him. I really like Corbin from Florida State. Now, he was in a run for, we know, Florida State. They're ground and pound, just (laughs) running the heck out of the football. But he's a stocky guy. 
He's good in pass protection. I think he's built for yards after contact. He's just a guy that I think can get a few solid, really good years in the league, maybe as an, a second running back or a third running back, use him in short yardage. I, I would keep an eye on Corbin out of this running back. Group. Yeah, I like that as well, KG. And I think that, again, everything's about fit, right? Everything's about situation. Can you get in and really just flourish and find a spot? And and I think he's a guy that can really make a difference on special teams. You know, go out there, do what you need to do, and then, hey, it's third and one. Guess who we're giving the ball right. to? Big Corbin, a guy that can just slam it up in there. A <laughs> guy that's going to Right. A guy that's going to protect our QB. He did that time and time again at Florida State. So, a really nice trio of running backs here for the ACC. Agreed, Eric McElaine. Let's get to these wide receivers. This is a very interesting group. Some really big names that you'd think perhaps would be higher maybe maybe a couple years ago when they were to come out. And all these guys are, are kind of fighting to see where they can go to see if they can get up into that third round, maybe second round for Justin Ross. We've got Charleston Rambo from Miami, Justin Ross from Clemson, Trey Turner from Virginia Tech. Let's start with Justin Ross here because there are so many questions about his health. What can he prove, Mac? Because I, I think the health is a huge question mark because he's had health, he's had injuries all throughout his career at Clemson. Yeah, he, he's just got to clear those medicals. I mean, we, we don't talk about that enough. I mean, it is a huge, huge deal that guys get evaluated and they're going to find everything. You know, if it's a slight tear, if it's something in your past, if it's something that you didn't even know existed, like your school didn't even catch this, the NFL Combine's going to find it. And, and that's something that is scary. It's sad when guys lose opportunities because of something nuts that nobody ever knew, but somehow they found this. And Justin Ross is, is going to be one of those guys where they are looking under a microscope. Yeah. I mean, that next fusion surgery is not a, a thing to toy with, which obviously everyone mm -hmm. knows, but that is going to be a huge concern on top of the hairline fracture that he had, you know, kind of in his foot there to end his season at Clemson. Um, he he's a fascinating prospect because yeah. you look at the size, six foot three, six foot four, two hundred plus, range like crazy. I mean, the the catch radius that he has and the time and time again that he has shown that in the biggest moments during his career, he he's he's a Fantastic wide receiver when healthy. Um, he's a big-time guy. He's been in the slot. He's been out wide. So I think there's certainly that you know day two value of where he's a, a second or third-round pick. But the, there, there's times where effort was a little bit of a, a question mark, whether it's blocking or getting down the field or a, a pick six that maybe he could have shown a little bit more effort in, in chasing the guy down that I'm sure that'll come up because we're nitpicking and the NFL is going to nitpick even more because there's millions of dollars involved. But, you know, I think there's certainly some promise there. No doubt. The neck fusion, the idea, the fact that he had a doctor, one of the doctors say he would never play football again. Right. Another doctor that said, no, we can make this work. It's going to be, you know, teams are going to be uber focused on that. So if he can pass the medicals and he can pass all that stuff, the evaluations, and then go out there and show that, hey, I'm still Justin Ross from the 2019 playoff or 2018 playoff, then perhaps he can sneak up into the second round, third round. What about these other two guys? Charleston Rambo, the Oklahoma transfer, played at Miami, one year at Miami, and Trey Turner, big play Trey, who perhaps could be third, fourth, fifth round guy. Which of these two are you most excited about, Mac? Well, I, I think it's selfishly probably saying Rambo just because I already saw Trey at the Senior Bowl. And again, when you mm -hmm. have this crossover, it's like, okay, I, I saw you know kind of what I needed to see. And really, I think Rambo can make some noise depending on how he runs. I mean, he's a guy that has good size, 
really took some steps forward at Miami as a route runner and just being a lot more consistent. Now, you know, you've heard me say even about uh, Trey, Trey Turner, that he is a hands catcher, that he's plucks the ball out of the air. Rambo doesn't really do that. He He's not as natural of a pass catcher as some of these other wide receivers are, and that has led to drops. But at Miami, I felt like he turned that around a little bit and became the single season reception leader ever for my, I mean, think of the names that have come out of that school and the fact that Charleston Rambo is now number one. So I think there's some, so there's some good things that he can do testing wise. And then just the, the kind of drills that, you know, they do for the wide receivers, the gauntlet where things are, you know, the football's coming at you from a lot of different ways. And if he can just show, you know, sure hands run really fast, man, he, he might be able to jump into the fourth round, but I kind of, I have him at five right now in the fifth round. He had some drops at Oklahoma, but it you're right. Last year at Miami, he was a lot better. And the thing with both of these guys, Charleston Rambo and Trey Turner, thin frames. Yes. They, yeah. <laughs> when you see them, they look a little fragile. So I, I don't know how much you can prove about that at the combine necessarily, but a lot of film study coming on both of those guys by these teams. I know Charleston Rambo had a good Shrine Bowl, and Trey Turner was at the Senior Bowl. He has really good hands. He can get up and and get those 50-50 balls. So excited to see where those guys end up. What about these tight ends, Eric McLean? James Mitchell from Virginia Tech, Jelani Woods, Virginia. Both these guys have great size. James Mitchell's 6'3", 255. Jelani Woods is 6'7", 265. LeBron playing tight end. <laughs> when we talk about LeBron, could have, he, could he have played tight end at Ohio State? The answer, of course, is yes. But Jelani Woods is basically that size. So you've got the size with Jelani Woods. Um, but there's some there's some worry about the size, especially can he get and can he block and, and can he get down in his hips and all that. And then with James Mitchell, tore his ACL in week two last week, the recovery there. And this is a deep tight end class, yeah. Max. So what are you expecting from these two guys? Yeah, really, it's going to be hard to stand out, right, for either one of these guys because this class is so loaded. Well, look. Jelani Woods will stand. That's out. what I was going to say. The one thing Jelani has <laughs> is he's going to be taller than most of them. He's, I mean, he's massive. I remember hearing stories from you know EJ and and Jordan when they were down at Virginia, and you know they're just kind of looking around, and then they see Jelani walk out. And they're like, "Who the heck is that? And what does he do?" Because he's he plays so, with Tony Bennett. Yeah, right, right. It's a power forward that just stumbled out and went the wrong way, and he ended up at football <laughs> practice. But I mean, he is a freak, like Greek god freak. When you're talking about a guy that is six seven, two sixty, two seventy ripped as all get out. I mean, he's going to look fantastic at this combine. The one thing that will be interesting, you know, what does he run? Can, can he stay yeah. you know, near a four, seven? Is it going to be closer to a four, nine? You know, what, what is that going to look like? But this is a guy that played quarterback in high school. I mean, he's a smart football player, understands concepts well. And man, I mean, came into the ACC and wreaked havoc. He is a mismatch nightmare for defenses. So, you know, you, you know, the, the game is, you know, it's one-on-one matchups. How can you take advantage? Mm-hmm. And when you're at the NFL and it's the best of the best, do you have a guy that's better than their best guy? And Jelani Woods can certainly be that. James Mitchell, I mean, he, very versatile. A guy that you know Virginia Tech used in the run game. You know they they put him on tight end jet sweeps. I've never seen that before. But you know a guy <laughs> that that really had an impact running and passing, uh, and also a good blocker at the point of attack. A, a guy that really can put his nose in there not be afraid to get after it. Really excited to see both of these guys. We'll be interested to see who goes higher. Um, I think either one of them, you know, fifth, seventh round, somewhere in between there, but but for sure day three, just because it's loaded. It's a loaded, loaded class. A Virginia-Virginia Tech rivalry to see who goes first. 
And maybe Jelani Woods gets the nod just because he stands out that much because he's looking. That's right. And he wasn't hurt. He's not coming off an ACL. So there's a little bit of a gamble there with with Mitchell as well. Mac, it's time for the best part of the show. We saved the best for last for Eric McLean. We're talking offensive line. Come on. We have quite a few here to discuss. Let's start with this, Mac. Big Icky. All right. Icky Ekwanwu from NC State. Top five pick. He's going to be a big time pick, and and he has so many great traits. Should he be the number one overall pick, Mac? He's got a chance. He certainly has a chance. I, I think when you look at Big Icky, um, man, he, he's freaky. I mean, he has the versatility to play any position. He, I, I think, left guard might be the best for him at the end of the day, just because of how he kind of is. He, he's a little. He can be over aggressive at times, which th- that doesn't sound like a bad thing. But when you're a tackle, you're over aggressive. You miss. Your quarterback's getting smacked on the back of the head, and that's not good at the NFL. So if we can slide him in and I think play left guard where he can just eat and just destroy people, I think that's a really good spot. But I will say this. I have seen three or four, like CBS, another scout, NFL, whatever, they have him as the number one pick. And so I certainly think he's going top five. I think he's either going – you know, right here, or maybe the Giants, if they, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to see who creeps up and, and who takes this man because he's he's a beast and he has very powerful hands. He gets out and run. I mean, if you just watch Iquanu highlight tapes, I mean, this guy is feasting all game long and it's a lot of fun to watch him. So I think that there's no question he's going to be a top five guy. Is that what you do all day, Matt? You just sit there and watch Icky? Well, I'm trying to think, like, who do I have the bigger crush on? Is it Big Icky or Zion Johnson? I don't know because they're both so fun to watch. (laughs) It's a great question. So we'll be reporting on Icky next week to see how much he gained from the combine, see if he's sneaking up there possibly to the number one pick. And then you've got Zion Johnson, who we got to talk to at the Cedar Bowl. Loved talking with him. First or second round steal. We've seen some after the senior bowl. Some people had him first round, late first round. We'll see. He can play all three interior positions. He's he's not as tall as you think, but he has great power and he's quick. And I know those are a few of the things you love about him. Matt. Yeah, and he's smart and he's a good communicator. And, and oh, I yeah. think ba- after the senior bowl, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't have him at center, uh, to be honest, because he has such a great grasp. I mean, maybe there is the, a little bit of the, the learning game and the fact that, okay, you know, you, you've, you've never snapped in a game and now you're going to snap at the highest level of football there is. Uh, but that just goes to show you how good he is and, and how you know routine this game can be for him. So it's going to be really fun to just see where he ends up, honestly, because I think it's the first round. I, I think that he has more than demonstrated that he should be the first interior offensive lineman taken. So either guard or center, uh, you know, he he should be the guy. And just the the power, the quickness, the speed, the intelligence, he he's he's a great player. And it's been really fun to watch. Now it'll be, okay, what does a team want to do with him and where do they want to put him? Uh, because again, fit. I've said it a hundred times already, but that really, really matters at the next level. It does. And he will bl- he he already blew away all of the in-person interviews down in Mobile, but he'll continue to do that with Zion Johnson. There's no doubt about it. We got our guy, Alec Lindstrom, who we had on the podcast, looking like a day three pick, fourth or fifth round. We know he's got the bloodlines, his older brother's already in the league, and of course he comes from O-line U. I know you're excited to see Alec back. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think this combine really could help him. I mean, number one, just getting in front of these guys. Alec was at the Shrine Bowl 
uh, as well as a lot of these guys that we've talked about, but just getting back in front of people. And, and if he can test well, if he can run fast and really put up some fun numbers on that bench press, I mean, that's pr- probably the biggest question mark folks are going to have is, you know, his size and length, you know, at, at 297 pounds, you know, can you handle these monsters in the middle? I mean, can you get after them and, and really on a consistent basis? But if he puts up 25 plus at the bench press, I think that is a resounding yes. And you just look at his tape. I mean, he has fantastic film, a guy that has really, really excelled. I think was a three-year starter at Boston College, two-time first team, all ACC. Um, And the bloodlines are important. I mean, the fact that his brother is dominating, was the only guard in the entire NFL this past season that gave up zero sacks. That matters. That name is going to resonate with people. So, you know, can he creep up into the third or second round? I think it's all about how he tests. But there's no way he gets out of the fourth or fifth. All right. A few more names we need to discuss. Joshua Izudu. We've got Marcus McKeithen. We've got Lasita Smith, Luke Tenuta, Zach Tom, these other offensive linemen who are going to be there. What Mac is our O-line expert, obviously. What should we expect <laughs> from these guys? Give us some tidbits on them. Yeah, really, we, we talk about how big Jelani Woods is. Luke Tenuta is an, all these Commonwealth guys. Like, what's up with the, the Commonwealth? Just having these yeah. freaking natures. Luke is 6'9", and going to be just a massive, massive guy. I think that he what, what he has really going for him is that he can be a swing tackle. So he demonstrated in college he can play left or right, and that's very important. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he gets drafted, fifth or sixth round there. I look Six, at Josh. Nine. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a that's a big man to be playing football. I look at Josh Azudu, who has been all over the place, right? Like he he's played left tackle, right guard, right tackle, left guard. That's a good thing and a bad thing because it, at one way you look at it is okay, he can fill a lot of spots for us. On the other side, it's like okay, what is he really good at? Like where where would we start him and where can he go? But the good thing for Joshua, he's extremely smart, a very, very bright young man, had the privilege of talking to him back in preseason and was just really impressed uh, with how he handles himself and, and really goes about it. The last guy that I'm very interested to see, just really where they start him, is Zach Tom from Wake Forest. You know, he started at center and was really, really good at Wake. And then they had some you know, guys leave, some guys get hurt. And uh, Coach Clawson went up to him and said, hey, Zach, uh, I need you to play left tackle, uh, the most difficult position on the line of scrimmage. And uh, he said no, surprisingly, but they talked him into it. Uh, he's a guy that's very stern and in his ways. And, uh, you know, he, he had a pretty good last two years at left tackle. I think he's better suited at the the center guard position. But really just where, where do they want him? Because another really, really smart guy that is going to be able to grasp any offense very quickly. The lesson here, kids, is do what your coach tells you, because if a young Eric <laughs> McLean had not transitioned from tight end to offensive line, we probably wouldn't be here doing this Who knows? podcast. Who knows? Because I'd be in the NFL balling right now. That's oh, what Kelly's yeah, trying to say. Oh, yeah, There you go. There you go. Well, oh, Mac, gosh. This was a great rundown, and we got to talk about all these offensive guys. So now if you listen to this, you're watching the Combine, you can keep an eye on these ACC dudes. And shout out again to Derek King, who was so great to join us. Later this week on Thursday, we're going to be doing the same thing, but for the defensive side of the ball, the less important side, but still it does matter. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. And shout out to our producer, Richmond Weaver, who does an awesome job producing all of this, putting the King audio in, getting these clips in, making it happen. Check out his two podcasts, Automatic, which is about men's and women's hoops, and Rich Take on Sports. Mac and I are both have had episodes on that podcast. So Check out his podcast wherever you get your pods.
That's it, guys. That's it from us. Offense is in the books. Cannot wait for the combine. One of my favorite times of the year. Uh, and then, of course, the draft right around the corner. Thank you all for listening. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, go over to Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us. Drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you all.